0: hello church it's good to see you guys Uh, thank you so much for staying with us i know it was a little bit uh we were frazzled here a little bit too but thank you so much for sticking with us to me i'm really thankful that this happened on easter because to me this is the picture of what the church really is you know the church isn't about perfection but the church really is about a community coming together when we're all dealing with adversity and just you know praying together moving together working the problems together uh, so that we can worship God. And so to me, this is like the perfect picture of what Easter is all about. And so thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being patient with us. And let's, you know, let's celebrate today because today's Easter, you know, and it's absolutely awesome. And I hope you've, you've been already, it's like what, 3.30 already, but I hope you've been having a wonderful day just celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And I hope that today's service and today's message really encourages you and empowers you as well so let's get to our text together the, our text today comes from romans 6 verses 5 to 13 romans 6 verses 5 to 13 the word of god reads for if we have been united with him in a death like this we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like this or like his we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been bought or brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we can just celebrate this day that christ resurrected from the dead two thousand years ago and it it just it's awesome that we can do that because because of this resurrection every promise that you ever gave us rings true and we can have faith in that and we can trust in it not only for eternity but especially for today so god we thank you that we can just come and worship together as a church family we pray that through your word that your spirit will just lift our hearts to heaven and father that we can truly enjoy you today even more specially than we usually do lord we just love you and we thank you in jesus name we pray amen so today is easter sunday and it's wonderful because it's a, del- it's a day to celebrate because two thousand years ago jesus christ rose from the dead and that resurrection is really important because what that proves to us is not only that he was god but that every promise in scripture that god ever uttered is true and rings true, his resurrection proved that. And I love the part, especially our salvation, I love the part here in verse five where it says that because we've been united with Christ in his death, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. And I love that because Christ rose from the dead, it makes certain our resurrection as well, right? I hope you enjoy that today. And because of that, you know, the resurrection really gives us everything we need, not only to be joyful today, but to be hopeful for every tomorrow. And that's something I think that's really needed in our world today, isn't it? Especially with the whole COVID-19 crisis, you know, the pandemic going all around the world. And so today, what I want to do is I want to talk about hope. I want to talk about the hope that Easter brings to our everyday. And, you know, the kind of hope that I want to talk about is not that shallow kind of hope that makes you happy for a second. But the kind of hope that I want to talk about is the hope that might literally change your life that might change your whole outlook on life, a a hope that you can actually bank your life upon. And I hope that this message delivers on that. You know, I wish every single day could be filled with the joy and the celebration that Easter brings. I mean, if we could just spend every single day just thinking about Christ and the resurrection and how awesome God is, that would be awesome. If we could spend every single day just thinking, thinking about that and forgetting about everything else, that would be a great life. But we all know that that's really not what life is all about, is it, right? Um, The reality is there are bills to pay, there are deadlines that we need to meet, there are sicknesses and viruses obviously all around the world, there are accidents, and there are even deaths. And there are days that are not only challenging, but days that are just sometimes extremely difficult to live through, and especially if you have relatives in other countries that might be suffering even now. You know, this past week, our machine, our washing machine was broken. And so we had a repairman come in, and he was an Italian repairman. And I just, we were just having this great conversation. But I asked him, Do you have relatives back in Italy? And then he wouldn't even answer the question. He just looked down and he shook his head. And I knew that, you know, his family was going through a lot and they were doing it very tough. But it's during these moments, believe it or not, that we really need to remember Easter, that we really need to ground our hope. In Easter. And what I mean by Easter is not the bunnies and not the eggs and not the chocolate, because those things you can't put your hope in. Those things don't change tomorrow for us. But when I talk about when I what I mean by Easter are the truths that the resurrection verified, the truths and the promises that Jesus resurrected to give us. Right? And when we remember those truths, they serve as like this huge torch illuminating, you know, the darkness of Hopelessness in our lives. These are promises that restore our hope. You know, hope is actually very essential for us to live with every single day of our lives. Uh, A famous uh, theologian once said, you know, we can live several weeks without food. We can live several days without water. We can even live several minutes without oxygen. But without hope, forget it. And he's totally right. And I think he's totally right, especially in days like we're going through today, you know? And the thing is, we don't realize it, but a lot of times we actually live every single day and every single moment with an active truth. There's, you know, there's active truth that we actually just believe in, and that's what gets us to the next moment in life. And a lot of times we don't realize that until we come to a point in our lives where we come face to face with hopelessness. I can't tell you how many times I've counseled um, parents who've lost their children You know, families who've lost their homes. Maybe even students who fail to get into every uni program. Or I've talked to men who've been left at the altar, you know, and I counsel a lot of couples who are literally one pen stroke away from signing their divorce papers. These people will tell you what true hopelessness feels like. And the reason why is because life is hard life is difficult and at one time or another i think all of us will come to a point where we feel like hope is hard to come by and that is when we need to remember easter and that's why easter is here because christ just didn't die and resurrect for tomorrow's promises to come true Christ died and resurrected to be with us today and all of us were meant to live in the hope of the resurrection today alongside our savior you know so today what i want to do is i want to share with you how we can have hope in our every single days or everyday struggles alongside jesus simply by remembering and celebrating what easter accomplished for us so there are two anchors to hope found in our passage today first hope Is found in our freedom verses 6 and 7 it says we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin and there are two things that this verse these verses are saying first what it's saying is that before the resurrection sin was our master and we were enslaved by it. We were its slave. I know that's not pleasant to hear, but it's true. And that enslavement is what all of us were born into, and that enslavement is what we continue in until we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I hope none of us have ever felt like or knows what it's like to be a slave. I know I don't. But I have gone through times where I felt like I was enslaved, you know, I f- or, or I felt like, you know, I had no freedom and I felt a little bit of that hopelessness going on. And that happened when my wife and I got our first mortgage. That was like 10, 15 years ago, 10 years ago <laughs> what it was. You know, we bought this little townhouse and we, and we couldn't afford it, so, but we took out this huge mortgage. The mortgage was big, but what was bigger than the mortgage was our rates. It's not like today. Our <laughs> mortgage rates were so high, and what made it worse is that our income was so low. And so, Every single day we would look at our mortgage or every single week or every single month and we'd be so discouraged and we'd be like, okay, you know, I guess we'll just have to eat rice (laughs) this week and that's it. Uh, And it was tough and we would do it tough like that, but it was so demoralizing because, um, you know, we couldn't do anything that we wanted to do because we were so financially trapped. You know, and we, were like, and we were like, oh my goodness, is this what's going to be like for the next 30 years? We can't have kids, we can't go out, we can't celebrate, we can't do anything with our lives. Our mortgage became like our master, and we totally felt enslaved by it. Now, I know there's a great difference between financial slavery and spiritual slavery. It's a huge difference, you know? The difference is that there are always solutions to financial trouble, but there are no ways out when you are enslaved by your own sinful nature, especially when that nature continually drives us to live selfishly, right? And we're driven by things like lust and pride and greed and so on. You know, these are the things that not only help us destroy ourselves, but unfortunately hurt those around us as well, especially the people that we love because sin always has collateral damage, right? And the worst part is, there is nothing we can do about it because we are its slave. Now, I know there might be some people who are watching and thinking like, hey, Eddie, I'm not like that. I'm actually a really, really good person. You know, not, I don't use people for my pleasure or my advantage. And I actually, actually, my whole occupation and even my whole career is to help others. You know, so I'm not like that. And if that's true, that's great. And that's awesome. It really is. But there's one aspect of sin being our master that we really have no control of. And that's our spiritual destiny. Right? Scripture says that the penalty of sin is death, right? And if we are enslaved by sin, then our eternal destiny, our destiny is eternal condemnation in hell. No matter how admirably or how altruistically you may live your physical life here on earth, there's nothing we can do to alter alter our spiritual destiny, right? And so if there's absolutely nothing we can do but to go to hell, that's not really... A hopeless or a hopeful life, is it? And actually, what meaning really is there to life if that's where we're all headed? But here's the good news, and this is why I love Easter. Verse 6 tells us that because of the resurrection, sin was destroyed and we were set free from its mastery over us it literally says that our sinful nature was crucified with christ so that we would no longer be its slave so when christ died and resurrected he set us free from that sinful master and that sinful destiny and there's even better news in verses 10 and 11. verses 10 and 11 says that christ died and resurrected not only to set us free from our sinful master but so that we can now live with God as our new master. Now, I know that sounds a little bit, you know, counterintuitive or maybe even contradictory. How can you say that you're free or we're free now if, when, in, when for all practical reasons all we really did was switch masters from our sinful master to God as our master? And the answer is you totally can if your new master's goal for your life is your total freedom, you know? And that's exactly what God says it is in Galatians 4 and Galatians 5. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Galatians 4.6 and 8 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Right? And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And what these verses are saying is that God, God's goal for us all along was not only to set us free from our sinful master and sinful destiny, but to make us his sons and daughters. Not only sons and daughters, but even future heirs to his kingdom. So in reality, you're not just replacing a master, are you? We're not doing that we're actually gaining a loving father see true freedom isn't doing the ability to do whatever you want whenever you want it true freedom is knowing that you are absolutely loved and that you are completely comprehensively being cared for by a holy and loving god and that's what christ died and resurrected to give us and these verses are saying is that his commitment to us begins with our freedom from our sins but it continues with our freedom to be loved and our freedom to be cared for in a way that only this good perfect and loving father can and that freedom begins if you want that freedom in your life it begins when you put your faith in Jesus Christ Jesus Christ died on Good Friday To pay the penalty for our sins and he resurrected on Easter so that we could live in the freedom of that resurrection every day and if you truly understand that and if you choose to embrace this good loving father in your life as your God then you can live your life in total freedom freedom from death freedom from fear Freedom from the tyranny of the urgent that we've been talking about the past few weeks and freedom, obviously, from sins, right? And you can trust, and the reason why is because you can trust that God is always caring for you. That's why he made us his sons and daughters. That's why, and you can always trust that God is constantly working his best in your life because that's the only way a perfect and holy God can operate towards us. Right? And he does that no matter what our lives may look like today. And he does that no matter what is happening in the world around us. True hope is found, not only when we are freed from our sins, but when we know that we are now being cared for by a perfectly loving God. And that's what Jesus Christ accomplished through the resurrection for us, 2008 years ago. So hope is found in our freedom, but also hope is found in our purpose. Verses 10 to 13. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness." What Paul is saying in these verses is very simple. He's saying don't live as instruments of unrighteousness, but live as instruments of righteousness. And what that means is that God is giving us a choice every single day to be an instrument of righteousness, meaning he gives us this choice every single day to use our lives for him and to make him greater in this world. That's it. That's what it means to be an instrument of righteousness, or we can choose to use our lives simply to live for ourselves. That's what it means to be an instrument of unrighteousness, you know? Now, if there's anything I know about Christians, I've been a pastor for like 20 years. If there's anything I know about Christians, most of us really want the former. We really want to be used by God. We want to live for God. We want God to, do, to use us in ways that make his name great, right? And, and that actually blows my, my mind. Actually, the fact that God wants to use us and that you know, he saved us so that we could be used by him to make his name greater, that's actually amazing. That blows my mind. But what I also know over the years is that there are a lot of obstacles, for some reason, for us really being used powerfully by God. But do you know what the biggest obstacle that I've discovered is from us being used by God and for us to live out this identity? The biggest obstacle a lot of times is us, right? You know, many years ago, I bought this brand new screwdriver set And I, you know, when I bought it, I was walking out of Bunnings or wherever I bought it and I was so like proud. I was so happy. I don't even know why. You know, I I loved, you know, I was like, oh wow, these new screwdrivers. I don't know what it is. Men and tools, you you know, I loved it. But the reason why I had to buy a new screwdriver set is because I had totally trashed my old ones. You know, I started using these screwdrivers in ways that they were not designed for, you know? Do you guys know that screwdrivers make great scrapers? You know, when things were like, You know, on the cement or on countertops, you know, if you can't get it off with a, with a, with a rag, you could use your flat screwdriver and it comes right off. It's awesome. So, you know, it's not only a scraper, but we use it as a chisel. You know, there are a lot of times that we had to get things off. We had to like smooth out some sides, you know, there you go. You use your screwdriver to do that. It worked really well. We used our screwdrivers to open boxes, to rip up tape, do a lot of stuff. I mean, it's awesome. Screwdrivers are so versatile, but what happens when you continually use these tools for things that they weren't originally designed to be used for. They get damaged, you know? Sometimes they even get broken. And sometimes they're so irreparable that you have to just replace them, you know? My, sc- my screwdrivers stopped screwing in screws, right? <laughs> they, they couldn't even do that, you know, which is what they were originally designed for. Now, what I've discovered over the years is that a lot of Christians look at themselves like broken tools, right? When they got saved, they felt like a brand new set. You know, they were so proud. They were filled with such pride and joy. And they couldn't believe it that this God loved them so much, forgave them so much, and treasures them so much. And they they were like over the moon. and, And they knew that God wanted to use them. And they were willing to be used in every single way to make God greater. And they loved it. And it was awesome. But as the years went by, And we started to use our lives for things that god never intended um all of a sudden we started to become damaged and some of us became broken some of us have even come to the point where we are convinced that god can't even use us anymore i know for most of us christians we probably felt like that at least one time in our lives but this is why i love easter and this is why easter is so needed because easter always reminds me of two foundational fundamental truths that we can never forget you know i always love having communion during easter because these truths get totally amplified by it we're not doing that today but imagine with me that we might be doing it but easter always reminds me of these two foundational fundamental truths and here we go i'm going to share them with you number one it's this no matter how sinful i may continue to be the blood of christ still cleanses me from all of my sins no matter how sinful i may continue to be the blood of christ still cleanses me from all of my sins you know i know we're going through some very tough times these days because of uh, covid 19 but if there is one thing that this coronavirus has, you know, seems to remind me of every single day, it's actually the gospel. I actually experience the gospel almost on a daily basis, and this is what I'm talking about. Um, you know, because of the purchasing limits that Coles and Woolies, you know, implemented, you know, it's it's good and it's bad. It's it's good because you know you don't hoard, but it's bad because you end up going to Woolies like every other day, or much more often than you anticipated. Um, And I started to online shop a lot more and get my supplies online. But this is what I do. I don't know if you guys do this. This is what I do every single time I come back from Woolies or I get this Amazon package in the mail, is I disinfect the products. Do you guys do this? Because you don't know who touched it, right? You don't know if someone who has corona touched it, but you brought that can home. Who knows? So I disinfect it. You know, I put Dettol on it, or Pino Clean, or whatever type of soap, or whatever you have. Whatever convinces me, you know, that it's, like, disinfected. But the reason why I do that is because I know that Dettol kills the virus, right? The, the, that, that stuff that's all, like, what, what am I talking about here? What? That soap. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But you know, the stuff that's totally sold out everywhere. That stuff, you know, we know that that stuff, well, you know, because antibacterial, whatever looks, I don't know what this stuff is, I told you, anyway. Okay. But I know that this stuff kills the virus. Okay, this is why you should never, you know, like, and, okay. But, and if you understand that, and if you understand that, and really, it's like experiencing Easter 20 times a day. Because all of us, we've been infected by the virus called sin. But every single time that we choose to believe in what Christ did for us during Easter, this death and resurrection, then we get disinfected and we get totally cleansed by his blood over and over and over again because the blood of Christ is not only more powerful than our sins, but it ha- he has eternally cleansed us of all of our sins comprehensively when he died and resurrected you know, on Easter weekend. Psalm 103, 12. Says that as far as the east is to the west, that's how far, and we're talking eternity, that's how far Jesus has removed. All of our sins. And if we truly understand what Christ has done for us, instead of living our lives disappointed in ourselves, constantly f- like fixated on our failures, we can now live our lives thankful for what Christ did for us and accomplished for us Easter weekend 2,000 years ago, and we could be focused upon his forgiveness and his grace and his love for us and the freedom that that brings. And that is the first truth. Here's the second truth that I want to share with you. And that's this, no matter how damaged I may have become, no matter how broken I may have become, no matter how irreparable I may think I am, my usefulness to God has never been based upon my track record, but it is always and only based upon his grace. Isn't that what it says in verse 14? That's what it says. It says we are no longer under the law anymore in verse 14, but we are now under grace. What that means is that the way God chooses to view us now has nothing to do with what you do or what you don't do, but it has everything to do with what Christ did upon on Easter weekend, right? And if we truly are his sons and daughters, then he can not only see us through the blood of Christ, right? Meaning that we can only see us now as sinless people. And because of that, our usefulness to him is never dependent upon how good or how bad I was yesterday. But it is solely dependent upon the work of Jesus Christ. And because his work was perfect, that means God's grace towards us will always be perfect. But Eddie, if that's true, does that mean that we can live however we want to? Holy, sinful, good or bad, because his grace is that great? And obviously the answer is no, because in our past, God is like screaming to us, please, in light of the resurrection, in light of Easter, live your life as holy instruments. Right? Live your life as holy instruments every single day. And the reason why is because the moment we submit our lives to God and choose to live for him, the moment that we place our hands or our lives in his hands, he will begin to use us to advance his perfect will through us, his imperfect instruments. And that's why I love Easter. This is why we need Easter. Because Easter reminds us that God loves playing music through broken instruments. God loves crafting works of art with broken tools. God loves drawing straight lines with broken sticks. All we have to do is surrender our lives completely to him. Place our lives into the hands of the master. And he'll use us to build his kingdom in ways that only a good, perfect, loving father can. And when we choose to live that life by faith, then no matter what happens within our lives, from tragedies or to triumphs, you know we can be confident that God is going to use every life situation that we encounter to make his name greater. We can be confident that he is writing his story through us, In a way that will always increase his glory for eternity and that is our purpose and that is our hope because what this ultimately saying if you get what this is all saying is that you matter you know we matter to God our life actually counts to him right for God so loved the world for God so loved you and me that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and if you put your faith in Christ if you surrender to him if you choose to live for him God is going to, then God is going to use every part of your life your successes your failures your goods your bads to make his name great even through global pandemics and especially through our failures right that's why Easter is so great so Live wholly for him, H-O-L-Y. And live wholly for him as well, W-H-O-L-L-Y. That's our purpose. Knowing that we are his children and knowing that he's going to use our lives for his eternal purposes in spite of our mistakes and imperfections and because of the perfect work of Christ, that is the basis of real hope every single day. Jesus resurrected to make that possible for us 2000 years ago. So Easter awesome holiday, you know, awesome weekend because it gives us true hope. Hope is found in our freedom and hope is found in our purpose. Christ resurrected so that God could become our master and so that we could now live for his glory and he resurrected so that our lives could become tools in the master's hand and every single day as we live surrendered to him it will continually prove to us just how valued and cherished and loved and valuable we truly are in his eyes that's what makes easter so awesome you know there are so many truths that we need to be reminded of right and i know i, know I threw out a lot of truths at you but more importantly than knowing those truths, we need to learn how to saturate ourselves in those truths. And as you do that today, and as you do that this week, I really pray and hope that it brings revival back into your life, just as it was always meant to do. So let's pray. Let me just end my message with a few invitations. You know, if you've never given your life to Jesus, won't you repent right now? Surrender your lifetime. He loves you. He sent his son to die for your sins, to free you from that sinful master and that sinful destiny. He wants you to spend an eternity with him. He has a greater purpose for your life. He wants to use you to do mighty things, to change the landscape of eternity. If that's what you want to do, won't you put your faith in Jesus Christ today? Repent of your sins, surrender to him, and make him your God. Maybe some of us at home, we have kind of feel like You know, we're broken tools. You know, we started off well, but along the way, for some reason, you know, we just got damaged. We just got broken. If so, will you put your trust in the blood of Christ once again? Don't put your trust in your mistakes. Put your blood in the perfect work of Christ. Be cleansed once again. Be restored by his love, which has never changed for you. Or maybe these days you're a bit scared because of what's going on in the world today. It's totally understandable. But we can find our hope and our freedom in him because he loves you. True freedom is not about you doing whatever we want and the ability to do whatever we want. I mean, it doesn't matter whether we're confined at home and or we can go out and do whatever we wish. True freedom is found knowing that a perfect God, who's who's you know, motive is simply to perfectly love you and to take care of you, and it's truly reigning over your life. And that's what Easter weekend proved to us. You are that valuable to Him. So, won't you trust in Him today? The resurrection of Jesus Christ made that all possible today. Why don't we just spend a minute or two in prayer? Let's just give ourselves, let's thank Jesus, and let's give ourselves to Christ allow those truths to sink in. Die upon the cross so that all of our sins could be washed away and father we thank you that he resurrected from the dead three days later proving not only that he was God but that every promise of Scripture really reigns true Lord the difficulty every single day is it doesn't reign true in our lives it's not it's not one of those practical things that reigns over our lives but Lord make it that teach us and train us how to live according to your truth how to live in the freedom of your truths how to live in the freedom of being your son and daughter. Lord, teach us how to do that so that we'll never be enslaved by sin once again. But God, that we'll always be that sharp tool that you use mightily to carve out your glory in our world today. Lord, we want that in our lives. We want to live that life out in our lives. We want to be used like that. And we thank you that we can because of what Christ did on the cross 2,000 years ago. Lord, for those who feel broken and restored, God, restore their hearts. May your grace and your spirit, Lord, comfort their hearts and once again prove to them how loved and cherished that they are, that your love for them has never changed and is never based upon their performance, but is solely based upon what Christ did for them. And Lord, may this weekend truly prove to be a source of revival for all of us to love you, to live for you, and to commit ourselves 100% to you once again. We thank you so much. For Jesus, in Jesus' name we pray.